Hey guys, welcome to Satan's Library. This is our second episode. Uh, Zach and I are actually in a car right now trying to record this podcast and hopefully it runs a lot smoother than our first episode. Uh, you guys might have noticed like a little bit of a delay and um, I actually ran over some of the words that he was saying and everything. So hopefully this goes on a lot smoother than last time. So without any further ado, Zach, are you ready? I'm ready. Let me just pull up my story real quick. <laughs> on a Google Docs. <laughs> Google Drive Docs. You typed it? I did. How long did it take you to type it? Like two hours. Oh my goodness. All right. 1600 words. <laughs> I did my story about the Bell Witch. <clears throat> I wrote it in like a story format. I, I I looked at like five different articles and I uh, I watched like two or three different videos. Oh my goodness! And <laughs> I I just wanted to get the full story, and I feel like I did. Yeah, I even watched a Ghost ep- Ghost Adventures episode of it because they visited the cave or whatever. But anywho, <clears throat> here we go. The story of the Bell Witch. Just on the outskirts of Nashville lies the small town of Adams, Tennessee. It's a simple town filled with quiet occupants and simple earnings that keep the town going. It's a town that can e- easily be overlooked when you're traveling through it. In the town, in that town lies one of the most famous, well-documented hauntings this country has ever seen. Hauntings that started over 200 years ago and continue to this day. Dun, dun, dun. 200 years ago? Still going. Still... There's still new stories happening. Oh my gosh, it's crazy. With this, the same Bell family. Like their ancestors. Oh, gosh. This all started in 1804. John Bell and his wife Lucy Williams Bell and around 10 other families began a journey from Edgecombe County, North Carolina to Red River, Tennessee. During the 1810s, there was a scandal that occurred that questioned the character of John Bell. The Batts family who was also one of the families that made the trek across the country, they would grow to hate the Bells after 1816. Frederick Batts was seriously injured while farming. He had to spend the rest of his life physically impaired. With Frederick being the main breadwinner, the family was willing to do anything to make ends meet and take care of their family. He resorted to selling parts of his property so they could pay the bills. Parts of the bat's land was sold to John Bell, which sparked the beginning of the conflict between the two families. Kate, Frederick's wife, accused Bell of taking advantage of their poor situation and buying the land for much less than what it was worth. Bell had also bought a young slave girl from Benjamin, Frederick's brother. They still have slaves back then. Oh my gosh. Um, Bell left, left the girl with her mother because he, he thought she was too young to take when he had bought her and let the girl stay with her mother for a little longer. When Bell came to collect the girl, Benjamin increased the price, but Bell ended up selling the girl back to Benjamin for more than he bought her for. She's back and forth. Yeah. 
Bell hoped that everything with the bats had ended and he could move on with his life. Little did he know, the bats had went to court and was suing Bell for extortion. Bell didn't even have any idea this, this was taking place. So, oh, I lost my place. So when the court, so when they had court, and Bell didn't show, the courts ruled in favor of the bats. Eventually, the judgment made its way to their church. Bell argued against the ruling, but eventually it led to his excommunication from the church. And that is what people say allowed evil to creep into their lives. Kind of like some Hatfields and McCoy stuff going <laughs> That's on. That's what right I was there. thinking the whole time. <clears throat> Kate Bats, remember that name, became a prominent voice in their family. She was loud and spiteful. So she was disliked by the community and had a strange behavior when she was in church. Some believed she practiced witchcraft. They believed that her husband was going through what they were going through because it was punishment by God for the things she was doing. Okay, so it's like anybody that hated anybody at this point blamed witchcraft on <laughs> It seems like it. Like, you know what? I hate my neighbor. I bet she's a witch. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. It's good. It's a good tool to get rid of people you don't like. <laughs> imagine, imagine if that was still like the situation today. Like, Honestly, like my neighbors are so annoying. I could just like accuse them of being a witch. Yeah, it's like a survivor show, <laughs> like in real life. You gotta get everybody to like you, or else. Until you get accused of being a witch. Yeah, until you get accused of being a witch. Survival to the fittest. <laughs> Anywho, they should make a show about that. Yeah. Salem Witch Trials, Volume Two. Anyway, anyway, they thought that was punishment by God for the things she was doing. And she was avoided by the rest of the community. Moving on to 1817, not too long after his excommunication, John Bell was hunting on his land when he saw an unknown creature. Bell described the animal as having the body of a dog and the head of a rabbit. The chupacabra. <laughs> and it was covered in black fur. Bell took a shot at the creature with his musket, but the creature vanished and there was no sign of the creature was ever there. Bell didn't want to, want to upset his family, so he never told them what he had experienced. Shortly after, the family- There's like a family that just parked next to us, guys, so you guys might hear like a door slamming in a bit. We're parked in a park, let me just clarify. <laughs> It's just, just like the sketchiest podcast ever. Yeah. <laughs> <Go on. clears throat> just wanted to clarify. If oh, that, oh they're leaving. Sh- there they go. There you there, go. That was a slam. <laughs> 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 okay, come on. Shortly after, the family started hearing what sounded like rocks being thrown against the house. They checked, but they could never find the culprits. Bell su- suspected that the Bats family was behind this. He stopped thinking this when the sounds would occur within the house. Oh my gosh. Loud thuds and bangs on the walls, scraping against the floors and walls and gnawing on the bedpost during the night. Mm-mm, that's when you put the for sale sign. <laughs> <laughs> but they couldn't pinpoint where it was coming from, and their sleep suffered as, as a result. As many of us do with our problems, the family tried to ignore it. 
The disturbance, the, the disturbances then moved to physical attacks. One evening, 14-year-old Elizabeth Betsy Bell woke up to the sounds that she had grown accustomed to. When she tried to get out of bed, she felt a tug at her hair. She reached up and realized that her hair had been tied in knots around the bedposts. She was unable to get up or free herself and was repeatedly slapped in the face by unseen force. <laughs> her sister. <laughs> There's a twist. It's an unseen force. Um, the family heard her screams and found her with red hand-shaped welts all over her face. After she explained what happened, her brothers showed that they had red hand-shaped welts all over their legs. Uh, Belle didn't want to tarnish the reputation any further than it already was, so Belle had everyone keep quiet about what was happening. They started praying that the torment would stop. It didn't matter, and within a few weeks, visual apparitions started showing themselves. Yeah. The Bell slaves would report seeing strange birds and animals that they would, and they said they would talk and have conversations with them. One day, Betsy was walking in a field and saw a girl in a green dress that, had, that was hanging by her hands from a tree, from a tree limb and then disappeared. Huh, so it makes me wonder if it's like spirits of like slaves or something could be they didn't specify like what like the what the race was or whatever or no maybe. they were like hanging by their hands like they were climbing oh oh god no that's creepy <laughs> oh, oh god <laughs> i was thinking hanging like, no 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 no. God, no like they were climbing in the tree or something no, like that oh my god <clears throat> eventually between the sounds and physical abuse that the specter gave the family couldn't handle it on their own anymore Belle asked James Johnston, his neighbor, to help, and Johnston agreed. He and his wife prayed over them, and one day, Johnston asked Enity what its name was, and it said Kate. No. Oh, Kate Bell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I should have said it more sinister, like Kate. I don't know. I don't know what the spirit sounds like. That's such a like girly name for like something so. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> your name's Annie. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> Annie. Oh my gosh. <clears throat> Johnston told Bell that he needs to reach out to the community for help, and eventually, Bell agreed. Word spread far and wide, and many people came to Bell. They came to Bell's home to witness the activity. The spirit would often speak out and make its opinion of John Bell very apparent. I read somewhere that it would like often like insult him and have conversations with people about how much it hates John Bell. That's for sure. Yeah. News eventually reached Army General and future United States President Andrew Jackson. No way. Jackson took a few of his troops to the Bell's house and to camp there for a few days. Um, Jackson's group included several men, well-groomed horses, and a wagon. When they approached the home, the wagon stopped and the horses couldn't pull it forward. Jackson proclaimed, 
By the eternal, boys. That must be the Bell Witch. That was really good. Yeah, that was. <laughs> good job. A disembodied voice told Jackson that they could keep going, but she would visit them later that night. They finally made it to the property, and Bell and Jackson had a long conversation about Indians and other topics while Jackson's men waited anxiously to see if the spirit would manifest. One of Jackson's men said he was a witch tamer. Eventually, he pulled out a shiny pistol and claimed that he had silver bullets that would kill any evil spirit. He said nothing had happened yet because the spirit was scared of his silver bullet. As soon as he said this, the man immediately began screaming and moving his body in strange directions, claiming he was being struck with pins and severely beaten. They had planned to stay several nights. The group only stayed one. Andrew was reported saying, as is reported as saying, I would rather face the whole of the British army than to spend another night at the Bell's house. No way. And that, I'll get into that later. <clears throat> Lucy Bell, John's wife, was not harassed by the witch. She became an ill in 1820 and bedridden, and the spirit would sing her lullabies and manifest grapes and food into her bed. Lucy's condition improved, and she made a full recovery. While she was getting better, her husband's health was declining. On the morning of December 20th, John Bell was found dead in his bed, and a strong, pungent smell was coming from his mouth and a vial of cloudy liquid was found nearby with the same odor. Many people had different theories about who poisoned Bell. When Lucy's name came up, Kate's voice spoke up and said that she did it, and he will never leave that bed again. For the first time in history, a documented death was blamed on a supernatural entity. Wow. That's the first one that ever was blamed on a supernatural entity. I'm going to count how many times you do it when we finish the podcast. It's a good story, man. (laughs) Kate would make another appearance at his memorial. She was heard laughing and mocking John and singing drinking songs. After this, the torment seemed to stop and Kate had accomplished her goal of killing her nemesis. The family thought she was gone for good. In the spring of 1821, Betsy Bell received a proposal of marriage from a respected young man named Joshua Gardner. The girl in the green dress from years before reappeared in the tree before Betsy and warned her not to marry Joshua, then vanished. Betsy broke off the engagement in fear of the apparition that tormented them for so many years. And after she broke off the engagement, Gardner moved away. Many of these stories were passed on for many years until they were until they were written down. So there's a big chance like they were altered in like said several different ways. There are conspiracies that Lucy and Kate worked together to pull this off. Also, Richard Powell, Betsy's eventual husband, was highly educated and 
could have created some of these happenings that wouldn't have been easily understood by people. Powell had a fondness for Betsy while he was married. And I guess he left his wife to be with Betsy. Yeah. People also believed that Kate had conjured a demon to curse the Bell family for what had been done to them. People are said to have to be cursed if they entered the Bellwitch Cave, which is a cave like right by their house. And um, they actually found like Indian bones in there. And I, when I was watching Ghost Adventures, she said that someone like broke into there and stole the bones. But, <clears throat> but anybody that takes anything out of there is like cursed, like really bad cursed. Uh, and one man reported that he lost his job, his wife, and home within three days of taking a rock from the cave. Maybe coincidence, maybe not. People mail these rocks back to the cave after they start experiencing strange happenings and realize it comes with a curse. There were like a lot of people mailing these back in the episode of Ghost Adventures. Like they talked about it and showed the letters and stuff and all the rocks they had. And they just put them right back in the cave because people take them and realize like the evil that comes with them. So is it like open to the public? Or is it I think they the have property? tours. But um, I watched this vlog of a guy that went there. And... It was like blocked off by a gate, so I think you have to like arrange chores and stuff. And they advise you not to take rocks, but I think they let you. I mean, would you? I mean, Heck no. I'm like, you know, some things just deserve respect, and you know, just. It deserves your respect. Also, I'm curious if anything would happen, but I feel yeah. like we should respect those places. There's always going to be that curiosity, of course, but I just don't want to challenge it. <clears throat> A story goes that Indians made a burial above the cave, and some of the bellboys reportedly took a skull that they found back into their home, and one of the teeth fell between the cracks of the porch, and that's what caused everything. So one of the teeth is, like, still under there. Yeah. I don't know if they tried to find the tooth and get it out of there, or, like... I don't know if you believe in, like, Indian curses, and, like, they're a very spiritual people. So I could understand, like, why people think Indians, like, their spirits are so... I mean, isn't that the case with the Amityville house or something like that? Like, their basement um, had, like, Native American... Or, like, they built that house in Native American land and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, I think that was the case. So, there's, like, a bunch of, like, influences off of that. I don't know. Like, did they ever make a movie? Yeah, they did like, with Ryan Reynolds. Movies. No, I mean, not Amityville, but um, any similar movies based off of a fear story. Oh, they did, but it was like 2.5 stars out of 10. Oh, are you It serious? was really bad. Yeah. Like, I didn't watch it or anything. Was it like an oldie or? I think it was fairly recent. Really? Like 2000s, like early huh. 2000s. Like, this has a lot of movie potential, so oh, it surprises yeah. me. They, like, if the people that made The Conjuring got a hold of this, like, they can make it so good. But, anywho. <clears throat> Last paragraph. Even the modern-day Bell family has unexplainable occurrences. To this day, Bob Bell, who is still alive, recalled an incident with his grandmother where she had called him about someone breaking in. And when they investigated... 
they found the china cabinet open with all the glass plates just laid on the ground not one of them broken um okay <laughs> like why yeah. But I don't know, like. And that's my story. It doesn't seem relevant to like the case itself. I mean, the the main thing away from that is like unexplained things are still happening to them, even after two hundred years. Bob Bell, yeah. BB. A BB. <laughs> Very catchy name. Yeah, sure. Is. Okay, that's like I have so many questions. Like, sure. I kind of wish they'd look into like the person in the green dress. Like, I there's gotta be. A think story it was like there. a spirit or something. Like, it scared her so much that it made her break up with her fiance. Why did the spirit not want her marrying that guy specifically? Didn't have an answer. Only that spirit knows. Uh, because you know when you maybe said, she hey. maybe that spirit knew knew something about that guy yeah, that she didn't. What if it was like for good though? Like maybe she's helping her. Like yeah. maybe that guy's like really abusive or something. There could be like a double perspective here. Yeah. That is really interesting. Like those movies make me so sad when like people are actually scared about you know scared of the spirits, but in reality like the spirits are actually like yeah. warning them, helping them. But I don't see why it would help her since, like, it did the whole hair tying thing and tortured them oh, throughout yeah. their childhood. You're right. Like, I don't know why it would be doing good things now. And it's like, girl, if you're trying to help me, you ain't gonna be hanging off of that tree. Yeah. <laughs> don't do it like that. You can walk up to me like a regular a... person. Yeah, like, I know you're trying to get a point across, but don't do it like that. <laughs> that is so scary. Oh my like, I, I can imagine that as a movie, and if they did choose to make a movie about it, it would be so creepy. Um, I mean, it gave me the chills for sure. And in... In that vlog that I watched, this guy actually had a camper, and he was, like, going around to all these creepy places. And I think I'm actually going to subscribe to him. But anyway, he had a really cool personality. And they actually had their house there, like the Bell's house, mm-hmm. like, wherever everything happened. And it was just, like, this stone-slash-wooden tiny cabin that you would imagine in the 1800s. And as soon as he pulled up, like, as as soon as he was leaving, actually, two black dogs came out of nowhere, and they were just doing their thing. And he asked them if he had, those dogs had, like, seen any other dogs with the head of a rabbit. <laughs> Obviously, they didn't respond, but. Yeah. And then, um, Zach Bagans actually went to another one of the Bell's house that was abandoned in, like, a field. And they went to their gravesite, like, the... Uh, John Bell's grave. Yeah. Um, but when they went to that Bell's house in the middle of the field, there was also a black dog there. Huh. So, I don't know. Symbol over there. Yeah. But, <laughs> but anywho, that's my story. Okay, so yours was like paranormal slash ghosty. Yeah. Mine's about a missing kid again. <laughs> oh my well, gosh. Well, sort of missing. Kind of missing. Kind of missing? Maybe dead. It's the Bobby Dunbar case. So I know we've heard about this case before and everything. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I found it very interesting. So that's why I chose it. And let's see here. So I'm going to go ahead and start. Mine's kind of an oldie too, but 
not the 1800s. <laughs> 1900s. So, go ahead and get started. So, on August 23rd, 1912, the Dunbars went on a day trip to Swayze Lake in Louisiana. As the family played in the water, suddenly little Bobby, only four years old at the time, disappeared. Leslie and Percy Dunbar searched everywhere for their boy, but were forced to call the authority. authorities. I'm getting like really thirsty over here. I told my boyfriend to take me to Sonic or somewhere for a drink, but he didn't. So. I went to Sonic and he didn't want to eat. Okay, before we start pointing fingers again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the parents are out here looking for their boy. And then they finally called the cops after their search turned up nothing. So the local police and eventually the state police began a statewide manhunt for the boy. They caught and dissected alligators, dissected alligators, and threw dynamite into the Lake Mary, Louisiana. <laughs> yeah, for real. That's intense. Yeah. They caught and dissected alligators and threw dynamite into the lake, hoping it would eject the body from the water. What? That is yeah. the hillbilliest gonna, thing I've ever heard. I'm going to throw this TNT in there. <laughs> the body's going to come It's just going to explode in little giblets. <laughs> and you're never going to see that boy again. It's going to stew over there at that point. Oh, if they hadn't eaten him already. Well, there's, there's somebody's ear. Holy crap, look how fast that person's going. Oh my goodness. You guys can't see this, but this little bug was going through this park at like 40 miles an hour. Anyhow, back to that. Oh my gosh, and we're right next to a lake, so this is like really sitting in the mood, huh? <laughs> so none of their efforts turned up a body. Then eight months after Bobby's disappearance, the Dunbars received good news. A boy matching Bobby's description had been found in Mississippi. Yay! Or so you think. A man named William Cantwell Walters, a traveling handyman, had been seen with the boy. When authorities caught up with him, he claimed the boy was Charles Bruce Anderson, the illegitimate child of his brother and a woman who worked for his family named Julia Anderson. So then he claimed that the boy, who referred to as Bruce, had been left in his care by Julia while she left to go for work. Many residents of the town backed Winter's story up. But the police still arrested him and took the boy into custody. The initial reunion between the boy and the Dunbars remains disputed to this day. One newspaper claimed it was joyful and that the boy instantly shouted, Mother, upon seeing Lessie. Other accounts claimed that boy Lessie and Percy Dunbar were hesitant to confirm that the boy was Bobby. So at this point, they're debating whether it's their son or not. Yeah. And it's been eight months, and they're kind of saying that this reunion was kind of awkward. Like, the kid was for sure that it was his mom, but, like, the parents themselves were like, ah, you don't look like my kid. <laughs> yeah, at this point, I feel like they should have, like, done something about it. Like, hey, this isn't my kid. I want a refund. <laughs> I don't want this kid anymore. I'd rather not have my kid than have some random person's kid. So then, the next day after taking the boy home for the night and bathing him, Leslie Dunbar said that she had positively identified moles and scars on his body that confirmed he was her son. The police then allowed the Dunbars to take little Bobby back to their home. However, a few days after the Dunbars had taken Bobby home, Julia Anderson herself showed up, backing up Walters' claims that the boy was her son. So now they're fighting over this boy and everything. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, she said she had allowed Walters to watch him for a few days while she looked for work, and that those few days had turned into months when she hadn't been able to find any. The police then called the Dunbars back, requesting that Bobby be a part of a lineup to see if Julia could correctly identify him. She could not. She asked whether he was the boy who had been found, but when she wasn't given an answer, she admitted that she wasn't sure. So now this Julia Anderson chick also doesn't recognize her son. Not even knows. However, she returned the next day claiming that she was, in fact, confident that the boy identified as Bobby Dunbar was actually her son, Bruce. News had already spread, though, that she had been hesitant the day before and that the boy was living comfortably with the Dunbars. The courts were hesitant to bring the case back up. Unable to pay for a court battle anyhow, Anderson returned to her home in North Carolina, leaving the boy with Dunbars. So that is everything in this article, but I remember reading an article when I first heard about the case saying that um, generations later, by at this point Julia and uh, Leslie are dead and everything, and Bobby is now like a great-grandpa, I believe. Um, Bobby's granddaughter in the in his like actual family right now, not the Andersons, but the family, did a ancestry test to see if, you know, to basically confirm or deny whether Bobby was his legit like great-grandpa. Yeah. So this great-granddaughter and another granddaughter in the Anderson family agreed to have their DNA sampled and it turns out that Bobby was actually um, Julia Anderson's son. Wow. So Bobby was actually Bruce and they do believe that um, their actual Bobby died in that swamp area and was eaten by alligators. Cool. They didn't find them while they were blowing stuff up? I guess not. <laughs> but it was like really sad. And there's also, um, if you guys were interested in this case, I strongly recommend that you guys watch this mo- this movie called Changeling. Changeling, whatever you call it. It's directed by Clint Eastwood. And Angelina Jolie actually plays a mom who also kind of loses her son and everything. And she's trying to find him a very similar storyline. But in this case, the California State Police Department or uh, one of the police departments in California actually brings back a boy who is not her son and she immediately like uh, knows that it's not her son and everything like that. And a super similar case, but the police knew that it wasn't her son at this point, but they were trying to make themselves look good and everything like that. But super similar storyline. So if you guys were interested in that case, definitely watch that movie Change with Angelina Jolie for sure. Well, what? <laughs> I have a question. Yeah. Do you believe in ghosts? Do I believe in ghosts? Yeah. What do you think about my story? Like, do you believe it actually happened, or do you think it was a demon, or? I've never experienced anything like that, so it's just like it's very hard for me to believe something like that. But for there to be generations that. And Andrew Jackson has documented proof that he went there. But it also, like, you know, when you go to these places, you kind of already have your mindset that you're going to see something and everything like that. Like, I guess you're not meant to... But they live there, you know? Like, they didn't have any idea what they were getting into. I don't know, Zach. Like, 
I've never experienced anything like that. Like, I do believe in like spirits and stuff. You know, if that makes sense. Like, I do believe in like the that there's like, especially when it comes to Native Americans and stuff like that. Like generations ago and everything, where they they were very spiritual people. Yeah. So that to me is like much more believable than ghosts. Sure. So at least that's the way I see it. What? Do you believe in ghosts? I don't know if I believe in ghosts, (laughs) but I think it's weird that when it was told to identify itself, it said Kate. And Kate hated their guts. So maybe some sort of black magic thing was happening, or she like summoned a demon. Maybe she was a witch. But people are still scared of that witch today. I don't know, and it's like, um, well, you saw me in Barnes and Noble. I was looking at those witch books and everything. Yeah. And I always found, like, those times kind of fascinating and everything. But um, I can see where it was a lot easier to sort of see, quotation marks, uh, these ghosts and everything back then than now. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like now our generation's more like seeing is believing. Yeah. You know, we don't believe all these stories from, you know, older generations and everything. So that kind of starts fading away. Yeah. And like I said, I just feel like our generation's more like into that role of seeing and believing. And since I haven't seen a ghost or really experienced anything like that, it's very easy for me to say, no, I do not believe in ghosts. But if something were to pop up, I'd be like, okay, I see you. Like, yeah, I feel like... I, <laughs> I would, know you're real now. <laughs> I would have to see some hard evidence for me to believe but what what last happened to me in my last house probably was the closest thing I've ever like felt to like believing in ghosts because you remember like there was like you know um, I told you about them singing in the house and like footsteps yeah I remember you coming into work and you telling me all that stuff and I was like you've got to be kidding me you got to get out of there so yeah I you don't live there anymore so and I, I, I remember hearing a story about um, another family in the 1800s, and one of their daughters died, and then the ghost would appear in the basement, and it would appear so regularly that they turned it into like a tourist attraction, and they would have people like talk to the ghost, and they would have like it would come in at like certain points of the night. And they would have people come in and see the ghosts of their dead daughter and talk to it and do whatever. And I think it even, like, attended a wedding or something. What? Yeah. Save a seat for Amber over here. (laughs) She's coming. Dead Amber. But, anywho. Your story was very sad and no real good ending. Gosh, and that movie was so good. Like, anything that's directed by Clint Eastwood is, like, a must-watch, so... Yeah, for sure. It was just really sad because in that movie, she... Well, never mind. I probably shouldn't spoil it for anybody. But she identifies her son uh, when she's bathing him, too. And she's like, wait, my son wasn't circumcised. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) And I was like, yikes. Yeah. (laughs) That's a big one. Yeah, that's a pretty big one. Yeah, that's a pretty big clue. That's not your son and everything. And then also another thing she did was actually... You know how our families 
get a pencil and they kind of measure our height with the wall and everything or like a door or something like that and they kind of um, measure our height over time yeah does your family do that i don't think they ever did my family never did but i measured myself because but i've I seen it in movies and stuff i wanted my mom to do it to me so <laughs> I, I measured my sister and my sister would try to measure me but she was shorter than me so she couldn't reach up but anywho back to ghosts and dark stuff anywho uh angelina jolie's like you're like four inches taller than my son was or blah, 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 so yeah. in eight months or however months it was that was like a big clue you know my son here. yeah that's a big red flag are we done i guess so oh my god please tell me this was recording yeah it, i think it, it turned was. off so let me see oh my gosh i'm not seeing that it's yeah, recording the thing is. oh thank goodness Okay, guys, so hopefully we did a lot better than last time. I feel like we did. Like I we feel did. like we nailed this one. Yeah, I feel like we didn't trample over each other like last time. And yeah. There wasn't like any awkward delays. <laughs> and uh, you guys can tell that I'm with Zach and everything. Obviously, we're a lot, we love to laugh and everything. So uh, definitely put some humor into this podcast. Everything can't be too gloomy. Well, For sure. Yeah, in our podcast, we do things our way. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to like layer like the darkness sad stuff over with like us being silly of course to make it like less scary and you know we're just trying to survive this quarantine we don't need a lot of sad stuff right now (laughs) so we we really enjoyed our time with you guys so uh maybe i'll tell my friends about this episode since uh if you guys are hearing this episode and haven't heard the first one please don't hear the first yeah don't listen to the first one that (laughs) was the test run uh, I always feel like deleting the first episode, honestly, <laughs> and just saying this is our first episode. No, we need a point of no. origin. Like, we need to know where our roots came from if we get, like, really good. Yeah. Keep us humble, you know? No, you're right. I, I think we should just keep it open to ourselves. Private. Like, yeah, private keep video. it private. <laughs> and maybe make this our first episode. <laughs> if this shows up as the first episode in our podcast list, just know that there was one before this. Uh, yeah back then back in the day but um, yeah just think better of us now yes this was really fun but until our next episode we'll see what we come up for you and this was everything in satan's library bye guys adios